Before we get started, good morning. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to lift up um, a couple of things. We're going to try a couple of new things this morning. Change is okay. We will be all right. I'm with you through this. Um, the first is uh, actually something for those on Zoom. Uh, we will be celebrating the Sacrament of Communion this morning. Um, so for those who are joining us on Zoom, uh, take this opportunity to grab your elements. Bread and wine, crackers and juice, Cheetos and Coke, it's all good. Um, so, uh, so that when we get to uh, communion in the liturgy, uh, that you will be ready for that. Um, the other thing is that we will be starting with the announcements, with a welcome, and then we're going to have an opportunity for a few moments of reflection. You are encouraged, though it's not required, to talk with the people next to and around you about the question that I will be raising up. Uh, we will start with a song, we will have some time to talk, and then we'll end with the song. Um, it should become evident as we go, um, as is also in your bulletin, but um, we're going to try this. We're going to see how it goes. The last thing is, in your bulletin is a card. You were encouraged to take a pencil this morning. Um, this card has two pieces, and they come apart. The top part has on the back how we are offering up our lives, our gifts, our money to God this week. Um, this can be, and you can check off all the boxes or none of the boxes, it's okay. Um, whatever you are doing this week to offer something back to God, whether it's a financial contribution, giving of your time by volunteering, visiting someone, praying for those on our prayer list, or something else that we haven't thought of. And then when you are invited to come forward for communion, you are invited to place these in the offering plate. The other card has uh, one verse, well, two verses from this morning's scripture lesson, as well as the whole scripture lesson, and a question to consider this week. Take it home with you. Put it on your fridge. Tape it to your bathroom mirror. Think about this question this week. This is a way to engage you just a little bit deeper in our scripture reading and sermon this, from this morning. Um, so that you can be thinking about it throughout the week. Keep it with you. Put it in your car. Pray it as you're, well, pray it as you're parked at work. Not while you're driving to work. Um, but uh, use it in whatever way might uh, inspire you the most. With all of that being said, I'm going to turn it over to our liturgist. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love is the fulfillment of the law. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Elena Delhagen. I am your liturgist this morning. I am so excited to welcome you all to worship, whether you're here in this physical space or whether you're joining us from our online space. 
In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace. Whether we are old or young, whether we are first-time or long-time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place we are family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I want to extend a special welcome to any visitors we might have in our midst, and again to those of us who are worshiping online, we are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. For those of you who are here in person, please join us following the service for coffee and refreshments and fellowship through these doors to the left. Just follow the crowd. There is a lot that is going on in the life of our congregation, much of which can be found in the announcements of your bulletin. I want to lift up a few of these things this morning. Um, The first is uh, a a desperate plea from our head chickens. Um, Our next barbecue is going to be on Wednesday, September 27th. Right now, by uh, the last count I heard, we have three people signed up. We need a lot more to be able to make this run. Uh, If we don't get enough people to to help out, we might have to cancel. And this is a really important fundraiser uh, for our congregation. Uh, If you have any questions or if you are ready to sign up, uh, please speak to Steve Smith. Steve, wave your hand so everybody can see you. Um, And... um, so that we can really make this a real success. Um, The second thing is, one week from tomorrow, uh, there's a half sheet in your bulletin, we will be hosting an evening with peacemaker Matilda Parker, um, who is coming to our area from uh, the West African nation of Liberia. Um, She is being hosted by Westminster Presbyterian Church, um, but she will be here uh, to speak with us, Next Monday, the 18th at 7 o'clock in the lounge, um, we are also soliciting donations of desserts to make this a really fun uh, and tasty time, Um, but uh, she has uh, a lot of experience in the realm of peacemaking uh, that I think will be really interesting for uh, for all of us to hear. Um, One correction in the bulletin, the... um, annual Cornerstone Campus Ministry Fall Fundraiser, the in-person portion has been canceled. Um, I think that there is a lot uh, going on with illness, um, so that that portion has been canceled, but the online uh, portion, the um, auction and such, those are still going on. Um, so those, this is an important ministry that we support, um, and it would be really good to, um, to do that uh, in whatever way we can. The final one that I want to lift up is a workshop coming up uh, on Saturday, October 21st, and Saturday, November 4th. This is a planning for end-of-life uh, workshop. Um, things that we don't often think about or want to think about. Um, It's said in this world that there is nothing certain except death and taxes. Um, We're not going to talk about taxes, but we are going to talk about that other part. Um, We tend to spend plenty of time um, thinking about 
lots of other things, but we don't spend time thinking about and talking with our loved ones about our wishes and our plans. Um, This is a really, really good um, workshop, and there's a whole document that we work through. Um, If you have any questions about this, please see me, Um, but uh, it's a really good opportunity to think through some really important um, topics. So that is it. There's a lot going on. We begin our worship this morning by lighting the Christ candle. This is why I don't choose to do it. (laughs) Whenever we light the Christ candle, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. I'm going to sing this song through once, and then we'll sing it again together. Um, And then I encourage you to take a little bit of time to reflect and to share with the person or people around you um, who have been the influential people in your lives, either in the church or outside of the church. As we gather, may your spirit work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name.
continue to prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the image and the words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude.
Now let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together for our call to worship. Welcome to worship. Faithful and faith empty. Welcome to worship. Confident and confused. Welcome to worship. Proclaimer and questioner. We gather to praise our maker, following in a long lineage of ordinary saints, following our extraordinary God. Now let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number five, God the Sculptor of the Mountains.
seated. Congregation, amid the countless things that human beings cannot fully comprehend about God, there stands this. God so loves us as to bathe us with grace and feed us with mercy and forgive us our sins. Confident in the love of God, let us pray together. God, you are the ground and being of our faith. Throughout the ages, you have displayed your faithfulness, and yet every day you demonstrate your love anew. We praise you for all those who have graced these pews. For those who have not kept faith to themselves, but have passed it on. We thank you for that great cloud of witnesses from whom in death we are not divided. God, forgive us when we are lukewarm about our faith. When we are less than inviting, when we are indifferent, Forgive us when we become caught up in the minutiae and forget to step back, gain perspective, and celebrate you. God says, you are my beloved child, forgiven and freed. And now in our worship, with your words of forgiveness ringing in our ears, may we sing your praise and hear your word and take our place in that long line of your faithful the world over. Amen. Friends, let us set aside sorrow and past resentments. Embrace Christ's gift of healing and reconciliation as we share signs of peace with one another. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. And as we share this peace with one another, I would invite any young people to come forward. I know we've got one. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think I can handle this guy. <laughs> good morning. It is so wonderful to see you here this morning. It was even wonderful to see you this morning. When you woke up before my alarm. (laughs) But it's good to be here in church today, isn't it? Yeah. You know, speaking of church, I've got a question for you. When you think of church, what kinds of things come to mind? God. God. Jesus. Jesus. We've hit the Sunday school answers. What else? Yeah, I think of all those things and lots more, like singing and praying and eating, right? We're Presbyterians. Now I have another question for you. Another question. Let's pretend maybe you went to a different church one Sunday, one you had never been to. Do you think it would be the same as this church? Maybe. 
I don't think it would be exactly the same, though. What kinds of things do you think might be different? A different pastor? Yeah. Maybe they sing different kinds of music. Maybe when they pray, they kneel, right? There are churches that do that. You know, I've been to a lot of different churches in my life, and each one was a little different. I've been to some churches that have really loud music or where people might dance and clap. I've been to some churches that are quiet, where we kneel or bow a lot. I've been to churches that have male pastors, and I've been to churches that have female pastors, and some churches might decorate differently or maybe even use different words when they're praying. But the thing is, even though all those churches were different from one another, they also had a lot of things that were the same. For example, even if the prayers were different, we were still praying to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And whether it was a male or a female preaching the sermon, they would still use the same Bible, right? All of those churches were still worshiping God, even if it looked different from one another. Now, I've got some Play-Doh here. And I was thinking about the church as kind of like this Play-Doh. See, this Play-Doh is soft and smooth, and I can use it to make, oh, how about a nice little ball, right? You can hold it for me. And it is kind of multicolored because that's what happens to Play-Doh in our house. <laughs> now, we've got another one, another piece of Play-Doh, and it's sort of a different color. Again, this is what happens to Play-Doh in our house. But I could make a, oh, a flat pancake, right? You could hold on to that for me. And, oh, and I got another one, and I've got this Play-Doh, and this one is a little bit of a different color. And I'm going to roll this out and make a squiggle line, right? Kind of like a hot dog or a snake, right? Now, I'm looking at these, and they're all different, right? But they're all Play-Doh. They're all made out of the same thing, right? That's kind of like what God's church is like. It's made up of all sorts of different people with different skin colors and hair colors who speak different languages and come from different places, who have different abilities. Some people might have to walk with a walker or use a wheelchair. Some people might be able to see with both of their eyes. Some people might not be able to see at all. Some people have really good hearing. Some people not so much, right? Now, some people might sing or clap really loud. And some people might pray really quietly. Some people might laugh and some people might cry. Because if you look out, all of those people, we're all really different, aren't we? Yeah. But even though we're different, 
we're also the same. Because just like this Play-Doh, we're all made of the same stuff, right? We're all created by who? By God, right? And we're loved by God, and we're called by God. You know, back in the early church, not too long after Jesus died and rose again, there were a lot of Christians who would gather to worship God, and you know what? They all worshipped in different ways. And some people started to say, you can't do that. You can't worship that way. You have to worship this way. Or you're not really a Christian. But Paul, who wrote a lot of letters, he said, it's okay to be different. And to worship God and to follow God in different ways. Because at the end of the day, we're all made from the same stuff. Right? And God cares way more about what's on the inside in our hearts than what we do or say outside. Right? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you make us all beautifully diverse and that we have things in common, especially that we are called and loved by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm guessing you want to take the Play-Doh with you. Yes. Okay. There you go. Just don't make a mess, okay? Miss <laughs> Chandra would not really like that. Here. <laughs> Friends, let us pray. Holy God, draw near to us, and by the gift of your Spirit, let the word of our faith be on our lips and in our hearts. Send us forth to proclaim good news that others might hear and believe, calling on the saving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, beginning to read at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through this, he received approval as righteous, God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, but through his faith, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach God must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who seek God. 
by faith. Noah, warned by God about events as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a long time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, with Sarah's involvement, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, Descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith, without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better homeland, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, God has prepared a city for them. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. I know I don't have to point out that things might feel a little different this morning. It's the start of a new academic year, and it felt like a good time to try something new within the context of the familiar. We're back to 10 a.m. worship, so our coffee has had an extra hour to kick in. So I know you're all awake now, and you're ready and anxious to find out, because you read ahead in your bulletins, just what in the world is this narrative lectionary? Well, I've got answers for you. For as long as I've been preaching... I have stuck, by and large, to the revised common lectionary. I'm a lectionary preacher, I would say. But I wonder, how many of us know where it came from and how it originated? Anybody? You know. (laughs) I confess that I had to look it up to remind myself, because it had been a while. The Revised Common Lectionary was the product of a collaboration between the North American Consultation on Common Texts and the International English Language Liturgical Consultation. Riveting organizations, I assure you. And it was publicly released in 1994. It is and has been a three-year cycle that guides churches around the world in suggested readings for a given Sunday. 
based in part on the date of the liturgical calendar. I have noted many times that one of the things I love most about the lectionary is that I know wherever we are worshiping, there are other churches in the world on that same Sunday reading the same texts, which helps to build up the notion of the oneness of the body of Christ. But I also confess that for me, recently, the lectionary has felt a bit stale. (laughs) No lightning. That's good. (laughs) Yes, I always find something new every time I read scripture, and even the same text time and time again, but I wanted to shake things up a little bit. Which brings us to the narrative lectionary. This is a four-year cycle of readings for the Sundays from September through May each year. And it follows the sweep of the biblical story from creation through the early Christian church. The texts show the breadth and the variety of voices within scripture, inviting us to hear the stories of Abraham and Sarah, Moses and the prophets, Jesus and the epistle writers. Listening to the many different voices within scripture enriches preaching and the life of faith. Now for much of this year, we've been leaning into the power of stories. The stories that are found in the Bible, the story of our congregation, and our individual stories, each of which we bring with us into this space. This summer, we've experienced what it can be like to follow the larger narrative of Scripture as we have walked through Genesis, following the story of the family of Abraham. Now, while the Revised Common Lectionary has done a marvelous job in uniting the church in its reading of scripture and has given much-needed structure, it hasn't always presented scripture, especially the Old Testament, in a way that helps us become fluent in the first language of faith. And there are a lot of texts that get left on the cutting room floor. Like the book of Ezra which describes the resettlement of the Jewish people in their homeland after their long exile in Babylonia. We're going to meet him in December, and I'm really excited because I've never preached on Ezra. The narrative lectionary is an attempt to take nine months to follow a more linear, more narrative path through the Bible. And this morning, we begin in Hebrews, which I know seems a little counterintuitive since that letter is found nearly at the end of the Bible until we read the lesson. This is a letter that was written to a church under persecution. Many Christians were considering returning to their roots in Judaism to avoid the hardships wrought by their newly adopted faith. 
This letter is written to describe the authenticity of their faith and to encourage them to hold fast in the face of the difficulties being experienced. The author explains faith in terms of what it does rather than what it is, which if you have ever tried to explain what faith is, you know how extremely difficult that can be. They offer the encouragement of examples of those whom God honored for their faith and suggests that the advent of Jesus provides even more reason for contemporary Christians to be faithful in the light of what they have seen and heard. There is a chronological development in Hebrews chapter 11 of what faith does, starting with the early figures from the book of Genesis, Abel, Cain, Enoch, Noah, and then moving on through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. As the chapter goes on, they touch on Moses with a nod to the judges and the prophets and some of the more recent martyrs, all of whom are cited for their ability to maintain faith even though they had perhaps less reason to persevere than contemporary Christians to whom the letter is addressed, who were witnesses to the beginning of God's fulfillment of the promise. So this really is the perfect place for us to begin our leap into the narrative lectionary. We are provided with a whistle-stop tour of some of the characters with whom we will be meandering through the seasons, and in particular, why their stories of faith are significant for us who seek to live out faith today. But even more importantly, it helps us to think about how their faith is echoed throughout history. People who took risks to change the world around them. John Newton, Martin Luther King, Oscar Romero, Jane Haining, and so many more. And as you were encouraged to reflect at the start of worship this morning, because worship is not a spectator sport, those who may not have gained an international and or historical reputation, but still have had a profound impact on our personal lives of faith. Our parents and grandparents, aunts and teachers, Neighbors and mentors, we've all got one of those people at least. We have cause to be grateful to the folks in our lives who have bequeathed us faith. Those in whose whose shoulders we now stand and in whose footsteps we now tread. So before we begin this new year and these new paths, let us consider our faith and our heritage as we celebrate the saints, official and unofficial, and commit afresh to taking our place 
on that road of pilgrimage and faith. To God be the glory. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we affirm our faith using the words in the bulletin. We believe in God above us, maker and sustainer of all life, of sun and moon, of water and earth, of all of human life. We believe in God beside us, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, born of a woman, servant of the poor, tortured and nailed to a tree. A man of sorrows, he died forsaken. He descended into the earth to the place of death. On the third day he rose from the tomb. He ascended into heaven to be everywhere present, and his kingdom will come on earth. We believe in God within us, the Holy Spirit of Pentecostal fire, life-giving breath of the church, spirit of healing and forgiveness, source of resurrection and of eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. This morning is our third and final week uh, collecting a special offering uh, to support the Presbyterian disaster assistance uh, efforts in Maui. Um, The mission team presented um, a matching challenge to the congregation a couple of weeks ago. The mission team is, excuse me, uh, providing $500 and is challenging the congregation to match that. Um, we will probably accept donations until tomorrow, um, but the offering plates are here at the front and in the back. Um, checks can be made out to Hamilton Union Presbyterian Church uh, with, in the memo line, PDA Maui. Um, and I know that all of the... Uh, All of the funds collected are going to uh, help, not just in the rebuilding, but in the healing uh, of those people in Maui. Joys and concerns this morning. Um, I have uh, a really big joy. Uh, Yesterday, we had uh, a stated meeting of the Presbytery of Albany. Here in this church, uh, we had quite a gathering Um, And at that meeting, Elena took the next step in moving on uh, in the ordination process. She is now a candidate for ordination in the Albany Presbytery. Um, And I was sitting right in the back, biting my nails the entire time she was being questioned, and she did phenomenally. But are we surprised? Um, But congratulations for that. Um, we also, speaking of Maui, we lift up uh, the people of Morocco, uh, which yesterday we learned about the devastating earthquake there uh, and the many, many lives lost already. 
Um, I am sure that PDA is going to be uh, involved there, um, and if, if and when we hear uh, news of that, we will share it with you. Uh, but we lift up uh, that entire nation and region in our prayers. Um, other joys and concerns to lift up this morning. Thank you for your congratulations. <laughs> and just to give you an idea of what it's like to be married to this man, this morning he was talking about the narrative lectionary, and as you can tell, he's very excited. And he's like, honey, I get to preach on the book of Hosea. And I'm like, yeah, that's a book. <laughs> that, there's a lot in there, but uh, good luck. So... <laughs> But it is exciting to be trying new things, um, to just hear voices within scripture that we may not always hear. At this point, I would like to offer up a prayer for others and ourselves. Faithful God, as we celebrate your love for us, may we be inspired to multiply that love in the service of others. May we know we have a faith to proclaim that is neither rigid nor fixed, but that is alive and is able to make a difference in today's world, able to make a difference wherever there is war, able to make a difference wherever there is poverty, able to make a difference wherever there is injustice, able to make a difference wherever there is oppression, and able to make a difference right here among us. May we be inspired by the faith of others, and may we, in turn, inspire others by our faith. Faith that is practical. Faith that is alive. Faith that moves mountains of prejudice and makes way for miracles in our everyday lives. Amen. As we move into the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, uh, I would invite you to open up your hymnals to page number 673. Throughout uh, the communion liturgy, we will be singing um, first verse 3, then verse 1. I know, that, I, I know that that doesn't really make sense until you hear the words. Um, I didn't want to try to confuse everybody this morning, but I'm afraid that I may have. Uh, but we will sing verse 3 first, and then later in the liturgy, verse 1. When you are invited, I invite you to come down by the center aisle. Uh, you will receive a piece of bread. You can eat it then, right away, or you can take it with you. You'll then take a cup, and please return by the side aisles. We use only gluten-free bread and grape juice so that all can feel welcome and comfortable at this table. If you are unable for any reason to come forward, communion will be brought to you. Beloved, this is a day of remembrance for us. A day to celebrate as a festival to the Lord. 
For the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to keep this feast in remembrance of him. Come to the table of the Lord and share this feast of freedom. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We offer you praise, dear God, and hearts lifted high. For in the communion of your love, Christ comes close to us, and we come close to Christ. Therefore, with the whole realm of nature around us, with earth and sea and sky, we sing to you. With the angels of light who envelop us, with Michael and the host of heaven, with all the saints before and beside us, with Columba and Bridget, Patrick and Margaret, with brothers and sisters east and west, we sing to you and with our loved ones, separate from us now, who yet in this mystery are close to us, we join in the song of your unending greatness. Loving God, through your great goodness, we have this bread and cup to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us even now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single, holy, living sacrifice. We know Jesus through the breaking of this bread, remembering how he took a loaf just like this and broke it just like this and gave it to his disciples, telling them in this strange mystery that the bread really is his body given to us. And we also remember how he took a cup just like this one, and gave it to his disciples to drink from, telling them this strange mystery that the wine held inside it is really his blood, poured out and forming a new relationship with God, poured out just for us. It is a mystery that we are overjoyed to live within.
Hear us, O Christ, and breathe your spirit upon us and upon these elements. May they become for us your body, vibrant with life, healing, renewing, and making us whole. And as the bread and cup which we now eat and drink are changed into us, may we be changed again into you, bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, loving and caring in the world. And hear us as we lift up to you that holy and ancient prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Look, the body of Christ is broken for the life of the world. Here is Christ coming to us in bread and in cup, the gifts of God for the people of God.
Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit for our prayer of thanksgiving. And please note there is a leader part, a part for all the men, and a part for all the women, and then a part for all of us. Let us pray. In the end, as in the beginning, God is God. Loved by us, wanted by us. Praised by us. Served by us, filling the folk with the gifts of the Spirit, making them whole for the good of the earth, for bread and wine, this place and this time. Thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. For the peace we are promised, which the world won't destroy. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. For the hope of heaven on earth and the final song of joy. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. Let us join our voices together as we sing our final hymn, number 19, God of Great and God of Small.
one housekeeping item. If you could return your pencils, that would be really great so that we can use them again next week. But beloved, faith-filled or faith-topped up, confidence-built or strengthened, the word spoken or proclaimed, maybe there are more questions than answers, but we leave this place to make our own history moments, to leave our mark on this world. Go now, know the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in your, li in your lives day by day. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.